1: Three, two, one, and welcome back. It is August the 18th. Thank you for joining us for today's Real Estate Coaching Radio podcast. Today, as always, we're going to break the podcast into three parts. We're going to be sharing with you some headlines, and there's one headline in particular that Julie's looking forward to sharing with you. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to share with you guys some information that maybe um, we've heard from our coaching clients from around the country, and then we're going to provide you guys with some drilled-down, practical, tactical coaching information. That is the pattern that we like to stick to in our podcasts. And I'd say we are successful at sticking to that pattern um, maybe 50% of the time. (laughs) With that said, (laughs) uh, welcome to the podcast, Julie. Yes,
2: thank you. And it's always our plan to do that, but we'll see where it goes. So uh, best headline that I've seen with regards to housing in a while, U.S. housing starts surge over 22% in July. That's fantastic. So what is a U.S. housing start? That means new construction is roaring back. And we love that as a solution to inventory problems as a solution to buying and selling at the same time and just because it doesn't pop up in your mls doesn't mean it doesn't exist so it is your job to find it know where it is know who's building what where what price range and with what perks and then do something about it
1: so Julie, if i were uh, said agent in whatever market and i'm mm-hmm. saying
2: Julie, there's no new construction in the mls i say baloney <laughs> okay <laughs> what do they all, do well there's there's a couple of stages to this one is that uh many mls's actually have like a section of the MLS that's been added on that's just for new construction. So you might not know your MLS well enough to know if it's there or not. It may or may not be. Uh, that's a trend that they're picking up new construction. But let's say that there, you know, it doesn't show up in your MLS. Well, there's lots of other resources, uh, your local advertising, your local newspapers. Um, and then I believe it's newhomes.com our newhomesresource.com. That's a nationwide listing. You just put in your zip code and you see what's being built where. And then if all else fails, you can use the good old GTS machine, which is Google that I T Sorry, I just spelled it. Yes, you did. Uh, uh, You get the idea, but it is around. I mean, maybe if you live in like rural Iowa, Maybe there's not actually, that much. We have actually cl- we have clients in <laughs> We have clients in rural Iowa. And they yeah. have new construction. So you know, I, I'd be hard pressed to find a place that really didn't have it.
1: Well it but again to your point, a lot of it is not listed in the MLS, and agents yeah. are gonna have to be a little bit more creative. Find it. Um, and if you're looking for a new construction, it's going to be a slightly more expensive. You can obviously go to your local uh, BIA, just Google BIA and then your city name, and that's the Building Association. Mm-hmm. And then usually you can uh, get a directory or get some access to the list of their members. and then solicit those people directly. Call up those builders. That's what Julie and I often had to do a lot of times. And when you're calling those builders, you might be surprised. some of them are going to have, well, many of them will have specs. That they haven't necessarily advertised that they're just building and maybe doesn't even have any sign out front well, of it
2: so you're talking realtor again what's a spec
1: oh you know basically the builder's building a house with you know speculating he's going to be able to sell it to a prospective buyer um, and so you know that's the type of thing you have to dig down and start looking don't just take the surface stuff don't just look in the mls and don't just you know don't be lazy basically you guys are gonna to have to drill down and a lot of times what you'll discover is that when you, you, you know, you might stumble across a builder that's listing or rather that's building three or four specs. Well, every one of those specs, generally speaking, are going to be a move up price range, which means whoever it is that's going to move up into one of those houses is going to have a house to sell. You can get those listings from that builder, and we'll teach you how to do that as part of our coaching program, obviously, um, and then start directly – you think of all the double ending you can do and think of all the extra inventory you can create because that person who's most likely buying you know that builder's spec is going to obviously have a house to sell and also guys if you're smart enough to be involved with eXp Realty as Julie and I are remember they also have that really phenomenal iBuyer program that you can participate in where you could actually go and bring a, like for example I had actually I was just reading an email from one of our members who actually joined eXp as part of our eXp team and if you're interested in doing that just text me directly and I'll answer answer all your questions about eXp. 512 758 But eXp's got an iBuyer program, and what this agent was smart enough to do is they actually had a, a listing appointment that they went on. They were competing, and they were competing against uh, Zillow, and they were competing against the local agent, and the Zillow was uh, trying to, you know, bring in their own iBuyer program. Well, this agent was able to not only secure the listing, and just essentially a normal, you know, for sale listing at a retail price, but then the agent was smart enough, following our coaching, to basically explain to the seller that if for some reason the seller wants to sell the house to an iBuyer, buyer, that they had the I buyer uh, from EXP in their back pocket, and that and here's how it would work from the agent's perspective. The agent will take the listing. It doesn't even have to be your listing. Listeners, you can take a listing that you find in the MLS. And if you're an EXP agent, you submit it into the iBuyer portal. And one of the and one of the investors or multiple investors from the iBuyer portal will want to make an offer on the house. You then sell the house to one of the iBuyers as an EXP agent to the EXP iBuyer, and then you make a buyer's commission on that. And when the house the how house, these houses are to be flipped. And when the house is put back for sale and retail uh, condition, obviously, you get that listing again. So again, just let your creative juices flow and you'll see all the different ways that you can make money just by basically, you know, frankly, not just looking in the MLS and not being lazy when it comes to searching for inventory. Julie?
2: Yes. And in fact, uh, one of the things that we use in Premier is called newhomesource.com, which is nationwide. They report as of today, 183,000 new homes actually currently for sale. 31,000, which are classified as quick move-in homes, and 28,000 new home communities nationwide. That's just what they carry. And you basically you go there and you type in your zip code and it tells you what's around. It lists the builders by price. It, It maps them out by neighborhood shows what the schools are, all that kind of stuff. So that's just one resource if it's not in your MLS.
1: Why is this really important? It's because all these, especially publicly trade builders, are going to see all this huge lack of inventory, obviously, across the country that's just getting worse. And they're also going to see this huge surge in people wanting to buy new construction. And they're going to do everything they can to possibly leverage what appears to be a long-term, uh, low interest rate cycle that we're in. And you're going to see, we fully expect there to be an absolute surge and new construction starts across the country. Now, unfortunately unfortunately, in a lot of cases, like I was coaching somebody who was working with a lot of, um, I don't even remember how many units they were representing in New York City, it was thousands. And this was maybe three or four years ago. And all these builders were building all these buildings and all these buildings were supposed to all be, you know, apartments or condos that would eventually come for sale. Well, they got the market wrong and all those condos and apartments are now sitting on the market. And a lot of them, you know, they even tried to turn them into rentals Julie and I had an article on our website. Do you remember the number of vacant um, apartments in 13, New York City? 13,000. vacant apartments. An apartment is what they call a condo, you know, in uh, New York City. 13,000. And didn't they say that the, there was the most increase in foreclosure filings mm-hmm. in New York City amongst yep. those types of properties? Yes. So really what you see is in some markets, the builders will get it wrong and they'll overbuild. But in the interim, right, urgently start paying attention to what the builders are doing because that's where you're going to find your hidden inventory. Anything else? Any other places they can peek to look?
2: Well, if you're a premier coaching agent, you can take advantage of our new construction coaching, which takes you literally from the easiest way to work new construction, like networking with new build reps obviously selling it to your buyers, on up to actually developing a subdivision with a builder where you sell them the land, you work the new construction, you you sell the spec home, you get both sides of it, you go do it over again. We have that in
1: Premier Coaching? Yes, we
2: certainly do. When do we have that? Maybe a year ago.
1: I don't even know about that.
2: It's pretty
1: awesome. It is pretty awesome. Good we, job, we've, Julie. We've done
2: a, a <laughs> version of that on podcasts about a year ago too. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. That's so <laughs> Really, the point is that anybody, let's say I, I'm a fresh agent, I have no idea what I'm doing, Right but I can still network with those new build reps, right? The people who work for the builder to sell their product. And I can ask them what happens when somebody's got a house to sell when they're building, because builders don't like to keep, uh, you know, home sale contingencies for very long. And I get those referrals. Now I'm not asking the builder for listings. I'm not doing anything like that. I'm just working my referral network and I'm getting familiar with that new build reps products. And then that gets me more familiar and more confident. So then the next stage, would be perhaps listing some spec homes or a spec home for a builder, which they generally love because the commission's built into the price in most cases anyway. And then you get to know the process, you get to know the builder. And then the next thing of course is to have multiple spec homes. Then maybe you list a subdivision, then you see what I'm saying. So what we're doing with this kind of coaching is removing the agent's excuse that, well, I'm kind of uncomfortable about that. I've never sold a new home before. Well, if if you stay that way, you're never going to sell anything. Which brings me to our coaching section. You know, I love to talk about new constructions. Hey,
1: we have to throw in, if you guys want to learn more about our coaching program, just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, text the word harris to 31996 just go ahead and text the word harris h-a-r-r-i-s to 31996 and when you do we're also going to text you back as a way of saying thank you for showing interest we're going to text you back a link to download i think it's seven free books including the real estate treasure map um think and grow rich for real estate's one of them your 12-month lead generation uh book is another one of them so just go ahead and text the word harris h-a-r-r-i-s um, again, when you do, we'll text you back a link and you can download those books. You're also going to be entitled to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. You can learn more about our premier coaching program. Or if you'd like to skip the line, you can just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com free and just go ahead and grab an open spot to speak with one of our new member coaches. Again, it's freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Julie?
2: Okay so we were talking about new construction and the fact that they're never going to sell it if they don't know it exists a and b if they don't you know learn different ways to work that. So that's just one little trap that agents fall into which leads us to our little piece of coaching here knowledge equals confidence ignorance equals fear. So if you're ignorant of certain things in real estate or how to do them then you're going to continue to be fearful and avoid that and what you're really doing is avoid, avoiding income for yourself and your family until you get into knowledge equals confidence so ignorance equals fear knowledge equals confidence this came out in several coaching calls this is almost like a, a special request we you know our our coaching calls for premiere are done live so you never really know ahead of time whether it's going to be grizzled veteran day if it's going to be whack-a-mole fiction inspection day <laughs> or whether it's going to be you know newbie freak out over listing presentation day they, and it's funny how the calls kind of take on their own theme.
1: But you know the funny thing about having listened <laughs> yeah. to your premier coaching calls, Julie, mm-hmm. your your daily coaching sessions, mm-hmm. is that sometimes it a question will appear from an agent who's a new agent, freaking out because they need to get their act together because they have a listing appointment, right? And, and God forbid it's actually competitive; it's not just with their yes. mama, yeah. right? They right. actually have to work for it. And then the funny thing is is that the agents who are grizzled and know-it-all are the ones that end up basically getting the most from the call because yeah, they never, they don't have a formalized right. listing process. They don't have a pre-listing pack. They
2: just don't tell you about it all the time.
1: Exactly. Because their egos They're will prevent them.
2: Squirming. They're secretly squirming.
1: Exactly. So no matter whether you think you're a new agent or not, there's always something to be learning from the questions that are being that's asked. That's very true. We're blessed to have so many agents from so many different markets and so many different price ranges from around the country. Um, you know, it's pretty amazing. It's, I, it's, it's shocking actually. Some of the, the, um, experiences that some of these guys are having. I, I, again, listening to some of your premier coaching calls, the Mm -hmm. thing that I am always really thrilled about was how many of them will, uh, like report back about a question they asked you, you know, maybe a month ago and they'll say, Julie, I took your advice on this price change or Julie, I took your advice on how to, you know, get that listing or whatever. Right. Exactly.
2: Yeah, I love that, too, because it really shows, you know, the rest of the listeners that stuff works and, you know, that you just have to work it. So uh, if ignorance equals fear and knowledge equals confidence, then yes, you're right. On every level with every type of agent, you know, even somebody that's been in the business for a long time, You most agents kind of get into their groove and that's their thing. And then, you know, it was funny, a couple days ago when we had the freak out over listing call. I, you know, it it was a couple of newer licensed agents, so it made sense. They didn't have their pre-listing packages together yet. But then right after that, we had somebody that was in business for more than 20 years, had a very established business. I knew her name. I had talked to her before, and she was having a freak out because she was a little bit geographically out of her wheelhouse and because it was about three times her average sale price. So even somebody super experienced can have the freak out over the listing type of thing. Everybody who experiences that really is going through what I call an experience deficit. You are living in fear of something because you don't know it. You you know, ignorance equals fear. So we have another piece of coaching with Premier and we've done podcasts about this as well, which is for new or newer or returning agents or just inexperienced agents to identify what it is that you're weak at. For example, just today, you know, somebody's got a new listing appointment, primarily a buyer's agent first, never really felt that confident about CMAs. And that led to a discussion about uh, seller's net sheets. I was so uncomfortable asking the seller what they owe. Well, if the, in, in this case, this was a for sale by owner who said, and this agent was smart enough to ask, what's important to you about who you list with? Because Fisbo had already said, we're going to be listing the next two weeks. This FISBO actually posted on Craigslist we will be listing in the next two weeks, which is well of course they are. Right? All FISBO is, is
1: all FISBO is is a help-wanted sign.
2: Totally, right? So but you know, she was good enough to ask what was important to them. And the seller had a particular amount of money that they said they had to net. Okay, so my question then was, well, how do we know how to net them that if we don't know what they owe? Right? Do they have a first mortgage, a second mortgage, a HELOC, tax liens, whatever? So that you know brings up a broader discussion about comfort level with asking sellers questions and scripts and prequalification scripts and all these things. So for other agents, you know, they've been a kind of successful with people they know and then they come unglued when to your point. Can I they ask you a question continue.
1: about what you just said? Sure. So obviously, you put the mic up close, Julie. Yeah. Obviously, if you're a professional, you ask questions before like if you're a doctor, the doctor's gonna ask you yes. a bunch of questions. Sure. anybody's gonna ask you questions if you're a professional. So people expect yeah. a professional to be asking them questions they do. prior to seeing them.
2: In fact, if you don't, it's a little weird weird for them. That's it's my a little point. bit presumptive, right? Like how do you how can you go in there and claim that you can net me X if you don't even really know what my costs are.
1: But but also psychologically, if you're presenting yourself as being a professional and this experience that everyone has working with any kind of professional is there's gonna be a barrage of pre-qualification sure. questions of some variety, right? Um, you know, and then the agent just pops up and doesn't have, it hasn't asked any questions prior to the actual appointment. That's kind of, you know, it's, honestly, it's casting dispersions on your own professionalism, maybe subconsciously in the eyes of that seller. So if you're competing with an agent who's, say, for example, using our seller prequalification script, and they're asking all these drill down questions mm-hmm. that are sort of, you know, helping the, helping them to better service that seller in the event that the listing's taken, which, you know, hopefully with our coaching, they're going to be taking it 100% of the time. And versus an agent who just, again, just shows up and j- kind of just does right. their cat and monkey show, has an unprofessional listing presentation where they talk, again, about their cat and their monkey, right, versus right. what matters to the seller. So these are the types of things that when you guys are feeling resistance to asking questions that make you uncomfortable, the making you uncomfortable part is just your ego because your your brain is running amok with all these different scenarios about what might happen mm-hmm. when you ask tough questions, Right. But you have to ask tough questions because it shows them that you're a professional and you're there to list the house and you're, you know, frankly, there to solve their problem, which is getting the house sold. Don't not asking questions makes it so you go in there blind. But more importantly, it makes it so that if you are competing against someone who is professional, there's a pretty much no chance you're going to take the listing because you're already on your heels, at least in the mind of the seller.
2: Yes. And some sellers will actually perceive that as very presumptive, assumptive, You know, lazy, kind of arrogance. sometimes (laughs) for some of them. You just don't come off quite right to them. And, you know, if if you're competing at all, all a seller needs is one tiny reason to make you number two, three, or four.
1: And in a market like this, guys, where you are so conditioned, so many of you, like when we are to poll you guys where your last 10 closings came from, Mm. I guarantee you that... 75% of all your past clients come from centers of influence and past clients. That's at least your perception of where it comes from. Maybe 60%, somewhere in there. But what happens is, is in a seller's market, sellers will list with you just because they know you, because they got your pumpkin pie last November. But as soon as the market changes and as soon as they start being uh, being more focused on who they're going to list with, uh, because of that agent's ability to actually solve the problem based on their actual skills and based on their actual experience solving similar problems for similar, you know, other sellers you're not going to get the listing. So if you show up just because, you know, and you're being, you know, the friendly bumpkin center of influence past client agent, and you don't have a professional listing presentation, a professional pre-listing pack, you're going to be shocked how few listings you actually take. Even though, in during the seller's market, you could take a lot of listings just because they knew you, In a market that's transitioning where sellers are going to be more fearful whether the house is going to sell, and maybe their own situation with regards to their own employment is a little bit janky. All these types of things mm-hmm. will make it so those of you who have been reliant on center of influence and in past clients will be the ones that lose the quickest because of the fact that you don't adapt to the fact that the market's changed. You'll be shocked when the sellers list with agents who they had no center of influence past yep. client type relationship with, but they listed with the agent who is more professional.
2: That's exactly right. So, you know, this, I wrote down some other things that I heard from agents this week that, um, you know, bad advice that they're getting, like we talk about this from time to time, Several of them said that their broker, office manager, other agents had said, well, you know, listing appointments are gonna they're either gonna like you or they're not. You just go in there just like it's a job interview and you give your best foot forward. They're gonna, you know, make sure you look pretty. And uh, 50% of the time you should expect to take it. To which I say, pile of baloney. You know, that's ridiculous. You wouldn't I don't even accept that from our first grader. 50%, really? No place else on the planet is fifty percent something that's, like, just accepted and okay. So I don't like that, I think, bad advice. Um, And along those lines, one of them was told... um,
1: This is all from Premier Coaching, from Julie's session today.
2: Go like you already own the listing. Just act presumptive like you've already got it. Okay, (laughs) now, I get the whole confidence thing. You don't want to be wussy, right? I get that, that you want to, you know, kind of have your mojo going. But you don't want to be so presumptive, uh, to your point about asking questions, that... You know, and we used to, uh, we used to compete all the time. And the uh, sellers would say, "Well, you know, they just came in here like they they were just getting the listing. They just assumed they had it because we called from whatever." You can't be like that. You have to show respect for their business. You have to
1: you have to ask you know, for the business. You have to actually
2: ask for it. Right, it's a big deal. You know, and so I think that's really terrible advice. Um, appreciate their business. Say thank you for your time. These are things that, that they be said. Of service.
1: So where do this, this, these things that you're writing down? You that's wrote my down,
2: collection of crap they hear from.
1: That you were, that you heard just recently today. Yeah. Coaches, you know. Oh, got it. You right. know that's
2: why we have comparecoach.com, so you know that, who's giving you your advice. And, you know, the newer agents don't know what kind of filter to use.
1: Actually, you bring up, I you know, I haven't even mentioned this in the podcast. uh, uh in August is doing a series of articles on uh, coaching. And Julie and I were featured prominently in two of the articles. And one of the articles specifically was drilling down on how to go about deciding, like, what's coaching? Okay, everyone sort of conceptually understands what it is, but exactly how do you go about choosing a coach? And Brad and his team wrote a really great long-form article in there, so you might want to read that. Or you can just skip to uh, compareacoach.com. And comparecoach.com really is a site we designed a few years ago that's designed to give you, in essence, a bunch of questions to ask when you're considering hiring a coach. But here's what and these questions are simple Have you ever sold real estate? Is one of the questions. You know, when <laughs> you sold real question. estate, were you successful at it? Or did you, you know, maybe just struggle? And do you know how to actually generate leads or is your coaching all going to be about buying leads? And here's what you're going to quickly discover. And, and guys, this is just a fact, so just use comparecoach.com and do your own homework. A lot of the coaches, and I use the, I'm air quoting right now, with the biggest air quotes you can possibly imagine, Mm -hmm. have never sold real estate, and and there's a lot of people that are out there, and there's been a big, um, uh, like a, how do I explain it? Well, actually, one of our neighbors, he actually his he sells info products. What's his name? Do you remember the guy's name? Mike? I
2: don't remember who you're
1: talking about. Sorry. Um, I don't remember. Brandon Pichard or something. That
2: sounds right. Yeah. Brand, yeah. Brandon or Brandon. Bre- like
1: Brandon that. Pichard. I think that's his yeah. name. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's he's very famous in the life coaching space. But his product is, is teaching other people how to be life coaches. In other words, he's a, you know, he's a life coach. He tells a story about how to become a life coach. And then he teaches other people how to be life coaches. It's fine. Right. And there's a lot of people that do that. Tony Robbins does something similar to that. But here's the thing: you you go and hire somebody who maybe just got some certification from, say, John Maxwell or something, and you say, "Well, hell, this person's a John Maxwell certified coach. They put some effort in. You know, they've got a John Maxwell certification. What the hell difference does it make if they've never actually sold real estate right. before? What then- difference?" What difference does it make if they haven't actually learned how to proactively lead generate sales skills is what you need. You don't need to work on, you know, hire a life coach to teach you how to make money. You need to learn how to make money, how to be of service to people from somebody who actually has been there, done that at a high level. There are a few of us aside Mm -hmm. from Julie and I that have actually been there and done that.
2: Well, Uh, that's why I have my collection of stupid crap that they hear. Right. Right. Uh, Another bullet point for you. Oh boy. uh, One of them was told, why would you ever prospect Expired, those are just houses that other agents weren't able to sell.
1: It's so okay. funny.
2: Why would that be exactly? But so, isn't that interesting?
1: That, that, just, Julie, that in. just goes to um, the fact that there's a whole generation. It's And you and I are figuring it out. 13, 14 years. Mm-hmm. If you've only been in the business for 13 or 14 years, here's what you think is normal. Ready for the list? You think... Uh, being on a big team or forming a big team is normal. You think branding is normal. You think this is the most insidious of all of them. You think buying buyer leads is normal. Yep. You think that's what you're supposed to do. You literally get into real estate and if someone new agent came to you and asked you what you're supposed to be doing, you're going to say, work on your brand, work on your TikTok videos, work on your social networking, and you're going to tell them to go buy buyer leads.
2: Aren't you? Well, Tim One of our clients, one of our coaching clients had their actual broker tell them That you only prospect long enough to be able to afford to buy your business.
1: Right. Which is insanity.
2: Like, what? How about, you know, watch your finances, what's your net, and, you know, how about have a profit? Right. I I just, my head almost exploded when I heard
1: that. Well, and the reason this has happened, and we're not going to get in our, well, we already have gotten in our soapbox too late. But the reason this is happening is because essentially the whole thing is, inner. it's like a big um, how do you describe it? If you guys can imagine a big root structure underneath a thousand-year-old oak tree where all the roots are sort of intertwined, and that's essentially what's happened in real estate. So if you're, for example, if you are um, you know, one of our you know, several competitors and you run events and you get sponsored by Zillow, for example, and Zillow becomes your... You know, number one source for you to pay for all your events that you do, and then, well, obviously, you're going to promote the hell out of Zillow, and you're going to tell your audience uh, something that's in sure. the best interest of your own personal financial financial interest so you can still get money out of Zillow to sponsor your silly events. I mean, that's the that's the sort of the loop that you know the that's the the bubble that you, a lot of you guys are caught in, and you don't realize that you don't even have to ever buy buyer leads, buyer leads, and just specifically buyer leads are the easiest thing to generate, and yet nobody ever teaches you guys how to do it for free.
2: Let me give you an example. Okay, In our coaching, we have a lot of uh, coaching about how to do an open house correctly, for, just for one little example, because they can right. all relate to open house. And it's a right? step-by-step
1: process. Step-by-step right. process,
2: including open house lead follow-up scripts, etc. Okay, so one of our clients that's in the Washington, D.C. area, and this is, this is just one of our clients with stories like this, because I have many. Um, it's just fresh in my mind from this week. Had an open house new listing had over 70 people in this house, okay? And this was a pretty higher end, close to $900,000 house, right? Okay, so you would think that all of them already had an agent because of the price range. No, she's she's got, I think she's gonna have two of her own offers on her own listing and a whole bunch of people to follow up on, many of them not represented, okay? Now, that's just a little piece of business off of one open house where she created all of that. Now, she's using open house lead follow-up scripts, what that really does is it shows the neighborhood what she does to get business. Imagine driving past her open with a line, six-foot social distancing, of <laughs> 70 people. Right. Okay. So do you think she has a hard time finding buyer leads? Right. And in that price range, might they also all come with listings? I'm well, back in a
1: buyer's market, right? Yeah. I remember we did the survey of our users and uh, when there was a buyer's market going on at 07, 08, 09. And we were trying to figure out based on their experience how many buyer leads they were generating from each listing they were taking now unfortunately a lot of them were really you know they weren't as efficient as they could have otherwise been on lead follow-up but the average was something like seven and that was mm-hmm. on the low end in a hot right. seller's market you take a listing it's unlimited the number of buyer leads you're going to create it to the point where you are not even one any buyer
2: leads well this is a problem for our <laughs> listing agents right now right one of the common uh, conversations i have with our elite coaching clients Uh, who have figured out how to be listing agents and maintain their inventory and all this, is, um, you know, how do I get to all the showings? And some of them are hiring um, showing agents whose only job is to open doors, bring the client back then they write it up. Um, Some of them are using referral agents. But, I mean, that's a different problem than people who are trying to figure out how they can buy buyer leads. Right. And listing agents are trying to figure out how they can show enough.
1: And guys, if you want to really think, really drill down on why it's important that you learn how to generate your own business. And look, the the technology does have usefulness. Like when Julia was talking about her open house, <coughs> we at part of our EXP, um, the EXP has a relationship with KV Core. And KV Core has something called, I think it's called Listing Boost or something. And Rochelle, actually one of our coaches used it. Uh, for for one of her open houses and it's I think it was free or cost like 10 bucks or something Mm -hmm. Um, and in essence it made it so that she had at this one open house she did 90 people through her one open house because she was able to basically promote it using KB Core so technology has a use but you cannot use it as the lead generation, uh, basically the end-all and be-all of lead generation. Learned, look, we want you to use technology to help leverage your time. But we don't want you to believe that you should be buying your your business. We need you to understand the importance yeah. of actually developing the skills. There was a question I saw today that was floating around um, where someone was asking why. Actually, it was on um, a workplace Facebook group that we attend. And someone was asking about how to, join a, how to start a real estate team. And this was an agent if I remember correctly that had been in the business like, you know, 2 years and basically sold maybe like 15 houses. And so that person is being pressured to form a real estate team when they probably haven't even learned how to, you know, list a house, don't have a pre-listing pack together, and somebody's pressuring them, you know, into the idea that they need to somehow start delegating and somehow start getting other agents to do the prospecting for them. That never works, guys. It never works, and that's the reason that there's the average team member uh, quits after 18 months. Right. That's the problem with these this whole concept of a real estate team and they're not most real estate teams are incredibly unprofitable there's very very few that make double digit uh, net profit and there's very very few brokers that make more than about three percent profit and that's in the best of times
2: i know here's my other favorite one how do i hire a va to prospect for me i
1: know that's great (laughs)
2: because that'll work
1: yeah so that i mean this always goes back to the same thing right if you make a list (laughs) it's, it's funny you should say that if you make a list of the top five things in your real estate business that you want to do the least that you know that will lead directly to a paycheck or will essentially make it so you'll make money the quickest and you'll be able to help the most people. If you make a list of just five things, I promise you, 99% of you, those are the very five things that, that you guys will never For do. Sure. Yeah. It's the very definition of doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. So we're speaking, if you listen to yesterday's podcast, mm-hmm. we're not speaking to the 96% of all of us that's you know basically monkey DNA. We're trying to speak to the 4% of you or the 4% that's the human. And the yes. human knows that ultimately to get what you want in life, you're going to have to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level.
2: It's the doing of it that's hard that's well all of it is you know doing, you don't but, want to yes. do when you
1: don't want to do but, it at the highest making level making
2: the decision that you're in spite of the fact that you don't want to do it right you still in your heart and your four percent you know that that's what it's going to take yeah, but they know what it is they right? always know what it is they, so you always put them on the spot you could be at any event whether it's a zoom event or a live event you always ask them you know you had to take 10 listings in the next 30 days, how would you do it? They know the answer.
1: Hell yeah, they do. That is, that. I mean, that is the way we post it on live events. You know, we if we were to give, all, it's a contest and this is not a contest. We're just making this up to make a point that in the next 90 days, you have to take 30 listings. I'll pick your number, 20, 10, it doesn't matter. And then you get, you win a prize that's basically, let's say a new Corvette. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Again, I'm trying to show you that you know how to do it okay and you need to take you know 10 new listings in the next 30 days or 20 new listings in the next 20 days or you you know scale it up or down whatever's the, the least maybe you know marginally uh, palatable for you to consider doing now how are you going to do it if you had to take a certain number of listings in a certain number of days what's the quickest way for you to get in front of sellers that actually have their hands up in the air right now saying yes i want to sell my house how would you do it would you buy facebook ads Would you make a, you know, would you Instagram? Would you work on your brand or your logo, worry about your team? No, you know exactly what you would do, right? Common sense tells you you would go to where the people, the sellers, already have their hands in their air saying, yes, please, I have a house to sell, help me sell my house, right? That's what you would do. That's what we teach you to do. We teach you to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. That's the whole point of coaching, guys. Yes. And if you're just, you know, so you have to be very careful because the decision, the, your current reality, how you look, how you feel, what's your bank account balances, how many listings you have or have not, your amount of closings, everything around you is a direct result of the decisions you made in the past. Maybe the past was a minute ago. Maybe the past was a year ago, 10 years ago. So if you don't like certain aspects of your present reality, it's simply because your decision-making apparatus in the past was, let's just say, a little off-kilter, or you weren't ready to accept the fact that everything you want in life is on the other side of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. We are your wake-up call. That's what we do. And we teach you how to do it. When the least amount of time in the least amount of hassle with the least amount of pain. Now, I did not say there won't be time required, nor did I say there won't be pain and hassle required, but we are going to minimize the inevitable path that you will all eventually realize you have to, you know, forge or you will most likely be like one of the, you know, 85% of all agents that fails out within 18 months. There's a cold hard reality, Julie.
2: Well, we try to save many as many of them as we can from that fate using any level of coaching that's appropriate for them because you don't have to suffer like that you don't have to reinvent the wheel there's many people have come before you i know that reinventing the wheel and scratching that creative thing in your head makes you feel good but it doesn't lead you to a paycheck. And, no. you know, it's a race to the finish line. How fast is it going to take? Think
1: about the insanity of what you just said, I truthfully. Know. Because in real estate, that's what they're told. They're said, you know what? You want to do a little of this. Do a little Tim mm-hmm. and Julie. Do a little Tom Ferry. So it do, you feel good. do a little bit of this. Do a little yeah. bit of that. Go listen to Gary Vee. Do a little, blah, 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 sprinkle it all together and come up with your own thing. Now, I want you guys to imagine. You have to take your beloved pet, Bob. <laughs> Bob the iguana, let's say. And you need to take him to a uh, iguana vet. Julie's looking at me like, "How the hell are you going to dig yourself out of this verbal <laughs> hole?" That's the look you just gave me. Okay. I didn't know they
2: had iguana vets, but okay, continue.
1: We are living in Puerto Rico. I, know, I, I know, promise I know. you, there's, there's iguana vets. There are guanabes. I hope there are. There's, there's the no way
2: guys get beat up.
1: Yeah, they do, and some of them are not so little. Okay, but you love Bob. Bob and you are buddies.
2: You know, yeah, you go way back.
1: You, you and Bob go way back. I mean, you know, he's gotten a little spiky with you over the years, but that's what iguanas do. Yeah. So he he develops a sniffle, and you want to take him to the iguana vet. And, you know, you have two choices. You have the iguana vet that's sort of just figuring it out. He's taking a little bit from here, a little bit from there. He's, you know, not – well, whatever. He's He's
2: YouTubing a lot, getting some free stuff. Exactly. He
1: goes on TikTok and he dances around with his iguana saying, hey, bring your, you know, iguana problems to me.
2: Takes a survey on Facebook on how
1: to fix Bob. Totally. He goes and asks other, you know, iguana vets from around the world. So what are the three best ways to fix iguanas, right? Do you want that guy or do you want the guy that basically is, okay, here's what the solution, here's what the- I identify the problem. I, here's what your solution is. Here's how long it's going to take to solve the problem. Here's, you guys want a professional, I right? fixed
2: this problem 5,000 times before.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And and yet a lot of you are attracted to these people, these coaches and these trainers that essentially are they don't know what the heck they're doing in the first place that's the reason they're so willing to tell you to do your own sort of you know patchwork quilt approach to real estate it does not make sense if you want to get up to the, to the top of the mountain the quickest with the least amount of, you know, pain and suffering, doesn't it make sense to follow the path that thousands and tens of thousands have followed before you and, you know, hiring a sherpa that can help you carry the burden on the way up the mountain, who he himself or she him herself have, have done it thousands of times before, doesn't that make sense? And yet, you guys are attracted to the people who will tell you that you don't have to do the real work. You realize that the future version of you is depending on the current version of you listening to what we're saying right now, pay attention to how you're actually emotionally reacting to what Julie and I are saying. I realize that Julie and I are pretty damn direct. Why not be direct? What's the point of beating around the bush? What's the point of us placating your egos and just trying to get you guys to like us? You will love us when you get results from following what we say. That's right. That's the truth. And that's called, hopefully you guys see it this way, because this is how we feel. We're being in integrity. We're not trying to win you over through getting you to like us. We want you to learn how to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do at the highest level. And if that means we have to tell you what you don't want to hear in such a way that you don't want to hear it when you don't want to hear it, (laughs) well, that's fine. Because not all of you are going to listen to us, but most of you will. And then when you do, we will have, uh, essentially, we'll We'll live to our purpose on this planet, which is being of service to others. And by those others, I mean all of you. Julie?
2: Yes. Shall we transition to things we love and things we hate? Oh, if you got some stuff, I only have a couple here. minutes left before the uh, kid pick up avoiding iguanas along the way. Can I okay. go first with what I love? Okay, go ahead. Okay, here's, Don't steal any of mine.
1: Uh, I don't know what they are, but okay. I, I told you this yesterday, but okay. you won't remember. Okay. So this is, I have to tell you guys, this is something that I really love. So every day, well, it's only been two days so far. (laughs) Julie has gone back to the first grade.
2: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so every day, welcome to homeschool. Welcome to
1: homeschool. Our little daughter Zoe, Zoe Grace Harris, sits in front of her computer and she's doing homeschool on her. You know, they're doing a Zoom session, and today she was learning Spanish. And and sitting right beside her is her mama. And Julie is literally, it's so, uh, it's enchanting and it's adorable to see Julie going back to first grade and having all that experience again. (laughs) You've enjoyed that. I can tell.
2: Well, you know, I, I love having Zoe home with us. Us, Me too. And I, especially with regards to the Spanish class, I mean, I'm learning all kinds of things that I either forgot, never learned in the first place or made up incorrectly, Yep. you know? So I think that, uh, that's going to be, that's been fun for me, but I appreciate you appreciating that because, uh, you know, It's an adventure. I have to say, and I think I can see it with the teachers. The teachers that she's got are like uh, online certified teachers versus some of the older teachers mm-hmm. that are having to figure it out. I think there is definitely a difference. The really good ones are like, they can't believe how well these kids, these are six and seven year olds. How well they're already figuring out how to get around the computer. Mm -hmm. And none of them have taken typing before. But I think it's because they've all been to YouTube and apps and different things, and they've had to figure out how to type what they want. Do you realize what you just said?
1: You just said something really interesting. Mm -hmm. It's the difference between... And of course, I'm going to make it about eXp, right? It's a difference between (laughs) eXp Realty and every other broker. Yes, it's
2: very, very very similar. It's a
1: difference between the way we have run our coaching business forever and all of our competitors, right? All of our competitors, we're online-based. We've always been online-based. We have people that have worked for us for over 10 years that we have never met and probably never will meet. I mean, we see them on Zoom and whatnot, but never in person. Our company has always been in the cloud. And when I see these other coaching and training companies trying to pivot, as as the trendy word is, to try to do what we've been doing for decades, they're having to play catch up. And when you guys are tuned okay. into us, especially with Premier Coaching, and you see that you know, essentially what you get as part of the coaching program and how we deliver the information, and then you compare it to someone who's just now trying to figure out how to take everything online, there's a huge difference. And that's what Julie was describing with you yeah. know, the, her, Julie, uh, Zoe's school hired people, new teachers who specifically had experience. And we're proficient at online education yes. versus the teachers that uh, she had had that were classroom teachers where it was it was clunky to say the least.
2: Yeah. So the, the ones I think it's called like Google Classroom Certified or something, which when first time I read that, I'm like, yeah, whatever. That's a made up certification. But but actually it is a real thing. You can totally tell because they're more calm. It's more smooth. They've got everything ready to go when they click something. It works. And then the, you know, some of the teachers that have had to figure it out, they're great teachers in person, but like one of them, you know, it took like five minutes to get something like a video to play. And that was playing off of her screen off of YouTube, wow right? so which you... which I could have done in like five minutes and right in front of Zoe. That's not a lot. That's only a tiny bit of what's happening. Most of it's really good quality and very smooth. But to your point, you know... It's like EXP was born in the cloud. That's totally different. Just like these teachers, because many of them are like 20-something, you know. there Somebody said once that people who are less than, I think it was like 40 years old, are technology tourists, and people who are younger than that are technology natives. And that was my point about Zoe. What the hell are we? Well, we're tourists, because we, we've had to adapt and like figure stuff young, out. You said
1: younger than 40. We're not younger than 40.
2: Anyway, whatever the age is. I think we're
1: technology ignoramuses. It it
2: could be. (laughs) Because we still have a lot of paper around. We do. But um, the point being that you know the teachers were noticing that these six- and seven-year-olds, they knew how to work the camera. They knew how to work the mute and unmute. For a, a large degree, they know how to type. And they're like, God, these kids are concentrating. Like, I do not know what they expected. Like, maybe more chimpanzee-type behavior. But, um, you know, they're doing really good. So, and things that I love, uh, this is medieval wine windows are reopening. What's a wine window? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is so awesome. Okay, a quaint tradition with a dark history. Centuries ago during the plague, otherwise known as the Black Death, swept through Europe, killing a third of the continent's population. Well, um, these days, uh, they, let's see. This is, well, the stiff drink can go a long way. Okay. So that's wine windows or Bouchette del Vino in Tuscany. They're just like they sound. So all of these older buildings have these little, I, when we were in Italy, I thought these must've been mailboxes.
1: Yeah. I remember these that too. tiny
2: little, they look like mouse holes that are, you know, uh, decorative. No, that is uh, a lot of the wineries. This was first introduced in the 1600s. Okay. So their true purpose went untapped for centuries after the plague shut them down. Now, the Wine Window Association (laughs) reads, During this time, enterprising Florentine wine window owners have turned back the clock and are using their wine windows to dispense glasses of wine, cups of coffee, drinks, sandwiches, and even ice cream, all germ-free and contactless. Very innovative, (laughs) right? Okay, so that's one thing that I love. Uh, The things that I hate. Okay, so straight out of 2020, this is outside of Reno, uh, there is a what is it called? A fire NATO. Okay, so fire tornadoes. That's a real thing. So that's something that I hate, but I'll, not too surprising that that exists this year. And I'll save the rest for tomorrow because I've got to go pick up said munchkin.
1: Yes, you do. So <laughs> podcast listeners, hopefully you took something from this podcast. Hopefully, if anything, you took from this podcast the impetus to really think of yourself and what you're capable of in, in your business and your life on a higher plane. Because the truth is, guys, there's nothing really standing in the way of whatever you want to accomplish in life and you should be encouraged and motivated to know that you don't try to you don't have to waste your money and time trying to you know, unravel somebody else's Rubik's Cube of lead generation. We've made it really simple for you. We've created a pathway forward for you to, to literally emulate the same exact listing process, working with buyers process, business organization process that agents have used across the country and in Canada for you know years, guys. And this is a proven system, work in all price ranges, work in all market conditions. So if you're looking for a very clear path forward, this is your solution. Just go ahead and text toward Harris to 31996, text toward Harris to 31996. In the meantime, thank you for making this and continuing to make this one listen to podcast daily podcast for agents in at least the United States. and we're starting to push boundaries into other countries. Um, and it's fantastic to be part of your lives. We truly appreciate the honor of being your current or po- possibly future coaches. Have a fantastic day.